I go in and Musa goes again. <laughs> no way. So yeah, so he, so I see him, and this time I'm like, I'm not letting this time go by. So I was like, oh, so you're you're Q's manager, right? He's like, yeah. He's like, how'd you know? I was like, oh, last time, you know, the guy you were with told me. So I started talking. I'm like, oh, that's crazy, you know, and and like go ahead, just build that connection with him. Every time he'd go in, I just talk to him. I just like, oh, what's up, you know? Oh, I heard this about Zay. I heard this about you know SZA. All that, you know, we would just talk like music and stuff, just like music in general a lot. So he would, he would just be surprised that I knew so much about the label. Like I yeah. said, I've always just been like a fan. So, um, yeah, one day he was just like, uh, how's work going? And there it started getting pretty bad. So I was like, I, like, I was just like, oh man, it's, it hasn't been good. You know, been cutting, they've been cutting my hours, you know, I've been trying to get a raise and stuff and they've just been like, you know, refusing to, to work with me and everything. So he was like, oh, he was like, why don't you come on over here? Like, you know, just kind of, kind of work with me. I was like, you know, I was like, oh, yeah. I was like okay, I just like. Right there, just took out my apron. Like I'm... Happy August, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the My Mike and I podcast. I am your host, Noah Alvarez. Thank you guys again for tuning into the show. Before we get into things, don't forget to like, don't forget to subscribe, don't forget to follow the podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. Oh, and if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave a rating and review. It helps new listeners get a gauge on what the podcast is all about before they tune in. So I would greatly appreciate that. Also, be sure to check out True 100 Radio, spelled T-R-U, number one, 100radio.com. You can check out their website. You can check them out on Instagram. Check them out on Twitter. Follow up with the latest news. We got podcasts on there. We have blogs on there. We have different things coming up to be announced later this fall. So be sure to stay tuned with that. A lot of exciting stuff. Shout out to Jamal Bostic. Shout out to Jules. Shout out to George. Shout out to everybody with True 100 Radio. And shout out to them for having us on their platform. Just a friendly reminder, I am dropping podcasts every other week from here on till probably through November. Only because I am coaching football at a local high school in Garden Grove. Not too far from where I live. And that takes up a lot of time. Not only from the podcast, but from a lot of other things. So I'm just trying to manage my time as best as possible during football season so I can put a lot of my attention into those kids, into the playbook, into all that sort of good stuff. It's right around the corner, though. I'm really excited for it. So, yes, new episodes every other week for the show. And you could follow the Mike and I Instagram page for updates at my period Mike and period I. You can also follow me on Twitter at underscore Noah Alvarez. Uh, at times, I like to not only promote the show with the links, but I like to promote audio and visual snippets on both those platforms on Twitter and Instagram. So should be sure to give both those pages a follow. And I believe that's it. I mean, usually I say this at the end, but I did want to throw this in the beginning. Hope you guys are continuing to battle whatever obstacle that you may be facing right now. Keep your head up. Keep your chin up. Keep going. Even if you get knocked down 10 times, get back up 11, right? Um, but yeah, I'm going to go ahead and introduce this week's guest. You heard a little snippet of him in the beginning, but as we usually do, can I get a drum roll, please? This week's guest is the one and only Nico. Nico, I met through a good friend of mine, Randy. So shout out to Randy. Shout out to Carson over there in the Central Valley doing his thing. And yeah, Randy put me on to Nico. Nico is currently working or interning has a position helping out at top dog entertainment yes the real the only tde and we talk about his story and how he came to be a part of that project become a part of that label well he also manages a few artists himself and we talk about how he got into that industry he's also a big baseball fan we talk about coaching baseball 
minor league baseball and some other stuff too going on in the current MLB season. So it's a fun conversation. Hope you enjoy the conversation with Nico and myself. Well, thank you again for being on the podcast. I did meet you through Randy, and Randy obviously represents Carson. You also like work with a few artists yourself. Yeah. I did want to ask you though, how did you? I guess like what was your earliest, like the moment that you knew you kind of wanted to do this, what you're doing now? It's crazy. It's like I guess I'll go way back to like middle school when I started appreciating rap a lot more. Um, it's, I, I mean, for me, it was really. I started getting into TD around that time too, which is crazy because like, I just remember you know them being you know that's when it was just, you know J Rock, Soul, Kendrick, Q, so it's like they seemed so like close. It was like you couldn't get in there, you know. Yeah. And it's like it, whether that was me trying to be like you know involved, just helping out with anything, or you know, shit at the time trying to even thinking if I would be a rapper. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so I, it's, it's kind of crazy because I was like, wow, they look like two. I'm sure they've, they've been together since the start, you know, since they first started. And then, um, man, I mean, so I guess I'd have to go to the like beginning of how I even met Musa because he's probably the one that, that uh, got me into wanting to be into music. Mm-hmm. So for those who don't know, Musa is uh, Top Son. Um, and for those of you who don't know who Top is, Top is the CEO yeah. of the label. Obviously, the label's named after him, Top Dog. So, um yeah i was uh so originally what i wanted to do was uh hospitality that's what i wanted to go to school for so hotel and restaurant management and then even before that like i really wanted to play baseball but um you know yeah i was never that good (laughs) (laughs) but i mean you know so so yes i mean on top of that i was like you know i do want to get into like you know hotel and restaurant management because i was really interested in like you know just working in restaurants yeah for me i was growing up i like cooking also so um yeah, so I did this class in my senior year of high school, and basically it's uh, it's called ROP, but basically it's like, you know, uh, I think every school kind of has their own program like this, where basically you, you train in a specific field, you take mm. classes for that, and, you know, as your grade, you have to work, you know, whether that be like at a restaurant or retail or whatever field it is, you know, so what mine was, they... Um, uh, they sent us to a restaurant. So they, they gave us a few options, actually. So I think it was they send you to the hotel in Downey, which is Embassy Suites. Uh, they send you to a few restaurants at uh, in the uh, Downey Promenade, which is right there uh, down uh, Lakewood. Mm-hmm. So for me, I was right down the street from the Promenade. I really wanted to do the hotel because I was like, I think that'd be a lot cooler. I think it'd be really cool to work at a hotel. Mm-hmm. And I guess at the end, it worked out that I didn't do that. <laughs> so <laughs> they sent me to California Fish Grill. And even aside from that, they almost sent me to another restaurant. They almost sent me to Gacho Grill. Uh-huh. So I went to Fish Grill. I worked there. And they the, the before the you know when we were still in the class, the teacher would tell us, you know, if if you if you're a really good worker, once you finish your hours, they'll ask you to come back. You know, you could. Uh, Oh, you wow. can come back and work for for them. It's kind of like an internship, but for basically, yeah, yeah. But yeah, for so I was doing it at California Fish Grill. So that happened. Um, I I wanted to come back, but it was kind of difficult because it was like towards the end of senior year, and obviously, like I had a lot of stuff going on, and then I was still in baseball season, so it just wasn't gonna work out. You know, nobody on the team had a job like that, mm. you know, so I was like, it, it it's not gonna be able to work. So I, I told them that you know I'm sorry, I probably won't be able to. You know, that, so they were understanding about it, then. July 2017 so after I graduated they called me back and I was like you know yeah I'll, I'll go you know check it out I'll go back so I did get you know hired worked there 
the crazy thing is i left for like three months to go to benihana's for better pay yeah there's like so much stuff that that happened that like if i wouldn't have you know taken a certain route i probably wouldn't be where i'm at yeah so luckily you know i i realized benihana's was was really shitty <laughs> they treated me like shit there nah. they were you know our manager actually got fired for stealing our tips so it was like a, a mess like he it was just i remember when i was there since uh, the manager got fired they had to have like people fill in every week so we would have managers from all over the region just come in so i had like eight different managers that time it was mm-hmm. it was bad like i can't do this you know they, they tried to convince me to come back but i was like I, i'd rather just go back to fish girl it was more steady so yeah i mean i went back to fish girl um so basically how how it went down was one day i mean every, every time i'd see people with like tde gear or like you know kendrick or uh, q or anybody i'd always compliment oh i like your hat like oh when'd you see them you know so i thought i would just try to keep conversations with them so one day i saw the lineup for smokers club fest and that one q was headlining it it was a lot of good people i really wanted to see mac you know obviously mac's one of my favorite rappers mm-hmm. obviously i wanted to go see him uh cuddy you know, Wiz Khalifa was there, all these, you know, and then, so I just thought, cool, I mean, I bought, oh, and Zay was there too, so I, mean, I bought my ticket, a week later, two guys walk in, so, um, I see one of them wearing a Dodger hat, and it had a TDE logo on the side, mm. Dude, that's the fucking, that's the nicest hat I've ever seen, I really want that hat, <laughs> so, right, instantly, my instinct, I mean, right, automatically, I just go to him, like, hey, you know, I really like your hat, where'd you get it from, and he's like, uh, oh, I got it from my label, so I was like, oh, shit, okay. So like right then and there, I was like, okay, cool. I could handle this just like two ways. I could either freak out right now and go crazy, or I could just calmly say like, oh, you know, that, that's cool. You know, cool. You work with them. Yeah. So then um, I started talking. I was like, oh, that's cool. You know, I, I'm a big fan. So, so uh, this guy was like, oh, that's crazy. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. So I told him, oh, that's crazy. I'm act- I just got tickets like yesterday or a few days ago to go see a Q and concert or Q and Zay at that festival mm-hmm. and he's like oh that's crazy he's like that's Q's manager right there so he pointed at Musa <laughs> oh, so I was like oh shit okay so obviously yeah. I, I, I wanted to approach him but I was like nah it's gonna be kind of weird it's gonna be kind of like oh, yeah, they're trying I, to I just, I just you know? wanted to you know, do that and then plus uh, when there was only three of us working at Fish Grill one person had to be on the register one person had to be cleaning tables and one was like you know running back and forth or doing expo so uh, that day they had to put me on a uh, register so i couldn't leave the register at all so i saw them walk out i was like damn i probably missed the opportunity whatever mm. um so a few weeks later uh it was a sunday i went in i remember because i was gonna call off that day because the day before it was like my, i think it was my dad's birthday so we, we celebrated and obviously i was tired the next day so like oh, i don't want to go and i'm probably gonna call off but then last minute i was like i'm not doing anything tonight whatever so i go in and musa goes again <laughs> no way so yeah so he i so i see him and this time i'm like i'm not letting this time go by so i was like so you're you're q's manager right he's like yeah he's like how'd you know i was like oh last time you know the guy you were with told me so i started talking i'm like oh that's crazy you know and and like i guess i was the only one in the restaurant that knew about td because nobody had a clue of like you know maybe like they hear like kendrick's name and stuff but like i, I would always go up to him and talk to him about music it was just cool. I was like, oh, I just build that connection with him. Every time he'd go in, I just talk to him. I just be like, oh, what's up? You know, oh, I heard this about Zay. I heard this about you know, SZA. All that. You know, we would just talk like music and stuff, just like music in general a lot. So he would he would just be surprised that I knew so much about the label. Like yeah. I said, I've always just been like a fan. So um, yeah. One day he was just like, uh, how's work going? And there it started getting pretty bad. So I was like, I, like it's just like, oh man, it's it hasn't been good. You know been cutting they've been cutting my hours you know i've been trying to get a raise and stuff and they've just been like you know refusing to, to work with me and everything so he was like oh he's like 
why don't you come on over here? Like, you know, just kind of, kind of work with me. I was like, you know, I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, okay. I just like right there, just took out my apron. Like I'm out of here. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck this place. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. So, um, it took a few months where like, you know, he got back to me about it, but I, I had already quit. Cause I was like, you know what? Like, I don't even want to be here. I'd rather just, you know, start, start working with my dad again. Yeah. So I was working with my dad again for a bit. And then uh, a few months later, he would just call me and ask me like, Oh, you know, um, can you help me do this? Can you give me right here? Can you help me, you know, this is that. So, yeah, that's when I started getting connected with him, you know, started, like, working a lot more with him, and then that's when I started meeting more people in the label. So mm-hmm. that was all 2018, and now, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, see, just being around him just, I guess, kind of really gave me, like, an idea. It's like, man, like, this this looks cool. Like, I think I could do that. You know, I think I could help. You know, maybe there's, you know, I've always had a hard time finding things I'm good at, you know, and taking advantage, you know, just kind of taking advantage of my ability and working with that. So when I saw, you know, what it took to like manage someone or just work in music you know obviously i knew it was going to be a challenge but i was like maybe this is something i should be doing you know maybe it's something a little more in my field so yeah yeah so that's kind of you know when it started and since then i've just had like countless stories and how you know countless experiences that i'm never going to forget so i mean it's it's really cool yeah i think what's tight about your story though too and like very similarly you know i grew up like more like sport head right like mm-hmm. i just love sports talking about sports yeah, yeah. and Growing up, the only reason, like the only way I thought you could be working in sports was to be the athlete, yeah, you know, or exactly. maybe like a referee or a coach. But yeah. it just felt very limited as what you could do. No, and I'm sure, like you kind of brought it up too. Like you know, at one point, I think even I like wanted to like I would write stuff down trying to rap mm-hmm. or whatever. But then yeah, you, yeah. you know, you realize you can. You're like shit. Well, <laughs> yeah, there goes my working in music career, right? And um, but it's cool. Like as you get older and you're open to different experiences, you mm-hmm. can like work in music. You can work in sports in different yeah. like areas. Mm-hmm. And I think that's cool. Like, even like seeing Randy, because I met Randy probably when he was like 16, 17. Mm-hmm. And then to see like, you know, he went to school for something different. Yeah. And then like during school, he's found, he found Carson. He found like a passion that he wants yeah. to do. He's been capitalizing yeah. on all these opportunities. I'm like, dude, that's dope. Like, for that's sure. cool. Like, I, I want to see more people do stuff like that because when you're working in somewhere, like I'm sure you could attest to this too, but like when you're working in an environment that you love and like, in a field that you love it just it doesn't even feel like work it's enjoyable exactly, yeah 100%. you know i don't I, I don't know about you but like i've worked a lot of different jobs um mm-hmm. not in a restaurant ever but it, it's pretty miserable sometimes you know you <laughs> yeah, just kind of no, count yeah. count the hours go by that, on the clock that. and you're just like Ugh, like this again you know but no, sure. it, it's definitely cool when you have something to work towards whether mm-hmm. it's like in music and sports yeah. or something like that i mean yeah because i mean um don't get me wrong like I, I, I did like all the jobs i had you know before you know, and obviously, if it wasn't for some of those jobs, I wouldn't be where I'm at. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, exactly. It's just kind of like it's it's interesting how sometimes it, I wouldn't say it's like a circle, but it's like you go back to you know what you love. You yeah. know, and for me, it was like growing up when I was younger. I used to sing. I used to actually be a mariachi. <laughs> I oh to, yeah. yeah. I used to do that when I was younger. So I would do like vocals or like I tried to do like guitar. What's up? You would sing for like yeah. That's when I was up to like six years old, like seven years old, and then oh, I got older. Puberty hit, so obviously you know uh, <laughs> my voice changed. wasn't the same. Oh, that's cool though. <laughs> but no, nah, I mean it's just kind of cool because like for me, music always has been like a big part of my life. You know, obviously like music, baseball, cooking, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm just thankful that I'm able to do all this, all these things that I really enjoy doing. Um, and yeah, it's like. Like I said, yeah, you know, you. I, I tell people all the time, I'm like, you know, all it takes is meeting, like, the one person or the right person, they'll help you get into that field, you know, yeah. they'll, they'll kind of walk you through it, and it's like, you know, from there, all the doors open, there's mm-hmm. so many doors around you that are opening, you know, I'm working with people, like, it's like, I get connected with them somehow throughout, so like, you know, in this case, 
I got connected to Carson through Jasper, mm-hmm. um, who's worked with us in the label and stuff, you know. So from there, I met uh, Carson, and obviously, like, you know, Randy and Carson, I, I met them. And then through Randy, I met you, and it's yeah. like, now look, I'm right here. You know, it's, it's crazy how, like, you really just networking really does make a big difference, you know, and that's, that's all it is, you know. And I just, I'm, you know, thankful, you know, that it happened. I'm thankful uh, Jasper told me about, you know, them two, and then them two told me about you, and it's like, it's crazy. Like, now I'm here, you know, doing an interview, you know doing this podcast yeah it's a small world you know i did want to ask you because early you mentioned that middle school is like when you started paying more attention to hip-hop mm-hmm. who are some of your like your earliest favorite rappers at that time so you know what um i guess i'll go back to i was like four years old because that's uh my first like introduction to like hip-hop and for I me mean, everything in between then it was just kind of like you know more mainstream and then middle school is when it kind of got more like a deeper appreciation to it so the first uh album i ever owned was the speaker box love below so mm. I was, you know, and that's because at the time, you know, Roses was such a big song. So that was, you know, my, that was my yeah. favorite song at the time. So my mom bought me the edited version. So I was like, mom, can you play it again? Can you play it again? And I would just have her, you know, and it's crazy, like thinking that's the album that got me into hip hop. Cause it's like a lot of hit, like, you know, a lot of people would say that's Outkast's worst album. Yeah. I don't. It's poppy. It's, it's very different from their other stuff. But for me, it's just like, cause that's the first album I really fell in love with. So it's like, I could go back to that and it's like a very nostalgic feeling. Mm-hmm. So, um yeah so from there after that i said you know i and it's funny because like there's times where like i get into somebody and it's like somehow i know they're gonna be like you know the best i mean, it's not that somehow i know obviously you know they're proving that they're gonna be the best but like you know i remember getting on kendrick very early uh even someone like baby keem you know mm-hmm. i remember too i have dms and i was like talking to him telling him how his first dp was i was like brother shit's so cool and we would just go back and forth and now he's over here you know he's on he's on kanye's album mm-hmm. so um yeah so from there i mean Outcast was my first like favorite like group where just like you know my, they were my introduction to hip hop and then as I got older in middle school I didn't realize like damn three stacks is like people consider three stacks one of the greatest ever yeah and I just like I found out about him off like a radio hit you know but it's like I started <laughs> doing more deep dive into Outcast uh, discography mm-hmm. you know and then from there I, I started getting into like I guess like more like eighties nineties hip hop because that's like what my parents and my brother and all of them would listen to mm-hmm. so it's like you know i started listening to a lot of like nwa a lot of just west coast music that was mostly my introduction no, i'm sorry not my introduction but that's like you know i started getting a lot of, like into west coast music obviously being out here mm-hmm. um and then yeah it's like then i started listening to kendrick i started listening to j-rock and all of them and it's just like it's it, i started realizing more and more like how important music is to some people where it's like they're telling their they're talking about their life basically yeah you know and this like you go back to the start of like you know what they categorize like gangster rap as in the 80s you know it used to be called reality rap so now it got to the point where it's like gangster rap people, people kind of like uh what's, what would i say like i, I guess like look down on it they kind of see it as just like it's like they don't realize that some a lot of people are telling stories in their song you know yeah kind of hear like the parts of it talking about sex drugs alcohol and stuff and then they kind of assume that like you know it, they they don't realize that the, the what they're saying in between those lines you know right so. yeah it gets mislabeled by people who uh-huh. like are outside the culture no for sure and are just always, they're always going to be haters per se of mm-hmm. like a certain genre or a certain thing yeah and so they're just like trying to poke holes at it as mm-hmm. why you shouldn't like this mm-hmm. and don't get me wrong too i think like like especially like in the movie and they talk about like nwa like i know it's like yeah. such an extreme where people are like oh like that they're just so quick to blame mm-hmm. nwa because yeah. that was like the most extreme but you're right i mean there's and, and it's like the storytelling sometimes is so good like you mentioned schoolboy q earlier like there's a lot of things that he says in his music that i like could never relate to you know what i mean because mm-hmm. like 
Yeah. Like, like you know, I grew up in a, like a suburb, like yeah, my teenage exactly, years. Exactly. So you know, but yeah, yeah. but it, it's just the way he like the way he conveys it, and it's like not only his flow, but his cadence, and then like no, like how much passion he's singing with his voice. Uh, I think it's pretty cool, you know. Mm-hmm. And and I think like some of my favorite, I think my first favorite hip hop artist was The Game. Yeah, um, wow, he was my introduction to West Coast hip hop. So yeah, like, no. and like documentary, Doctor's Advocate, mm-hmm. like just hearing those things. Like yeah, like some. I think my parents were like, "Oh, this is gangster rap. Like, why are you listening to this?" And it's like, no, but he's like telling a story, like. You know, I mean, yeah, and all these different, exactly. you know, some like none of it, but he did reference a lot of gang culture, but he never said like, oh yeah, you should do this or you should do that. Like he was just telling his life story and it happened exactly. to be very gang affiliated. Yeah. But, you know, I, I don't know. I always really liked that kind of music. Just, I just like storytelling in general, whether it's gang affiliated or not, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, see, like you, you could get something like something like that album and it's like, that's some of, like his, you know, from, you, you mentioned the documentary, like that's some of his best work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I feel like a lot of people don't really give a chance, like give him a chance to like listen to his music, I guess, especially now because I guess people don't take him as serious, which is like, it was crazy. But like, man, at the time it was, you know, he was definitely like, mm-hmm. you know, one of the, the best lyricists in the game. Yeah. You know? And it's like, yeah, if, if you could really like, you know, something like you, you could pick it out, you appreciate it a lot more, mm-hmm. you know, and my appreciation for music is just getting higher and higher now is like, I'm getting more involved with it, Yeah, you know, and I always encourage people to, to you know, yeah. one thing I'm thinking, I'm thinking about too is like, you know, as far as like the lyrics and stuff, also like another way to help you appreciate the music, like once you understand how mixing and mastering works, once you like understand what an engineer's job is, you appreciate the song like 10 times more. Yeah. Hearing the little details you want to hear and stuff like that, you know, and it's like that's it's little things like that that makes like a great artist or make, you know, and make somebody appreciate their work a lot more. Yeah. And for me, at least too, I felt like I started appreciating music a lot more uh, mm-hmm. like 2010, 2011. I was in high school at the time and that's when we started I think we had a computer like a little bit before then mm-hmm. like maybe a year or two before but then I like really discovered YouTube and just like the endless opportunities mm-hmm. and music that are oh, on there sure. and you know around that time was TD coming up mm-hmm. you know a lot of Odd Future was coming up at that time yeah. um, ASAP Mob was coming up mm-hmm. Pro Era was coming up so I started getting into all these little different niches but I remember as a kid like the like only like cds i could buy myself or those like now that's what i call music and <laughs> yeah. so you could buy listen to the hip-hop on those songs but usually they only had like five or six hip-hop yeah, songs because it was like, songs it was like yeah. 20 tracks a lot of them were pop or country or whatever it was hip, like at popping at that time yeah but they were clean too and i remember like because in order to buy like an explicit cd you had to be over a certain age mm-hmm. and my parents were always pretty strict as like as far as what i listened to so mm-hmm. They were never the type to buy it for me. Yeah. I was like one of the older cousins to my mm-hmm. family. So I never had someone like older to be like, hey, like, you know, can you get this for me? Yeah. So, yeah, definitely around high school around that time was like when I started just like really deep diving into like a lot of artists, cool, um, cool. YouTube downloaders, get it onto my iPod. <laughs> LimeWire, huh? Yeah, yeah LimeWire exactly. a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. So it was, it was crazy, though. And like you said, just like really appreciating the 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 wide array of music. Because um, mm-hmm. for the most part, you know, my parents put me on to a lot of like like 80s 90s music and some of it was hip-hop but like my dad was also really into prince my Mm. mom was into like disco donna summer stuff like that too yeah they're also into like that like alternative rock scene like duran duran and stuff so yeah i I think that's like so cool too and it's like i feel like you know you i'm not saying you have to like go up there and say like music from the past is way better but you have to have an appreciation for it Mm -hmm. then then you know for it now because i mean for me um yeah, so like I listen, my parents would listen to a lot. Of like my mom loves Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yeah. Um, my dad loved a lot of rap, so he listened to like, you know, Too Short, N.W.A., all the Snoop Dogg, all of them. You know, and it's like, you know, and then for me personally, like when I was younger, I grew, you know, I, I started, you know, I really loved the Beatles music, and 
you know, it's like you have to go back and kind of just appreciate how it was before, how difficult it was to get like mixing and mastering done. Cause yeah. it's like, you know, obviously they didn't have computers. They just had a huge soundboard and it's like, <laughs> yeah. how the fuck did they do that? Like, yeah. <laughs> that's so crazy. And it's like, now it's like, there's so much, you know, you have a computer, you could just, just on this laptop, you could just, you know, mix a song. And it's like, it's so crazy. Cause like back then they had, to, I don't even know how they did it, mm-hmm. but it's like, I started listening and it's like, there's, there's a lot of songs that like wouldn't be great songs without the mastering and stuff and it's like man like how did like earth wind and fire do that shit like how did all these like you know people even the beatles and they were very experimental exactly. i remember one of the music classes mm-hmm. that i took in uh, college mm-hmm. they had like a we watched a documentary on the beatles mm-hmm. and just how like i forgot what album it was maybe was it uh you probably know the sergeant pepper sergeant peppers yeah so, yeah, they yeah just, that's my twitter handle so <laughs> yeah they just started like experimenting like with a bunch of different sounds off of their like instruments and like so yeah because yeah. that was that was definitely i mean that was really the start of like this the you know the summer of love era the you know yeah. this, that's when you know it was in its prime so it's 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 crazy because like i know the album like inside out from beginning to end mm-hmm. and yeah, I mean, it's just because, like, drugs were... Obviously, you know, they still are today, but, like, there's such a, like, taboo thing at the time where it's, like, you know, when they started seeing people do, you know, make music like that or, you know, just... All this, it was just, like, a whole new world to people. Yeah. And it was so demonized because, obviously, like, you know, it's, you know, it was drugs, you know, you, you, you don't want people to, you know, be influenced by that. But you listen to Sgt. Peppers and it's, like... Yeah, obviously, you know, tell, yeah, they probably were on drugs with this, but it's, like, a, definitely, like, something you can still enjoy when you're, like, not doing anything. You know, for me, it's, like, as a kid, I would listen. I didn't really, you know, I remember, you know, a lot of people said uh, Lucy in the Sky was, like, about LSD. Mm-hmm. But it's, like, at the time, I just heard it as, like, a song, you know, oh, talking yeah, about yeah. Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, you know? It's, like, mm-hmm. there's, there's not much to it. Or, like, uh, one of my favorite songs on the album, which is, like, such a, you know, it's such a weird time. It's like when you ask people what they like about that album. Like I remember there's a few like Mac Miller interviews where he's saying like I love the album so much because it was so weird. You know, one of the songs I appreciate the, you know, the most on that album it's called uh, "Being for the Benefit of Mr. Kite." Hmm. I don't know if you ever heard it, but it's basically like the whole song is like a circus theme almost, hmm. and it's like there's accordions and stuff like that. It's like a, but in in between the songs they add like animal noises and shit there's one chord in the back in the back of it like you could hear it in the back of your head it's just going on at once like the same chord but it's like catches your attention right away and it's like that you know that song is one of those songs i say like wouldn't be great unless the mastering is perfected yeah. and i know i remember even a uh, george martin who's their engineer he said the same thing too like this song won't be great unless i engine like unless i master it perfectly because yeah. it's all the after effects that go into it you know that like make the song different make yeah. the song pop out a lot more rather than it just be sounding like a circus song you know it's like and it, it sounds weird when he's saying that it, but it's like it, it, like for me it's just like that's one of those songs where i'm like whoa this is like crazy how like they did something like this in the 60s and now we could do stuff that's like 10 times better than this <laughs> yeah now on our computer so yeah that's definitely something i realized is like i, I to appreciate music you got to appreciate the past the people who came before because obviously all our favorite artists are influenced by a lot of people you know 100 percent. kendrick's in, influenced by dre obviously and then it's like from there it goes back and keeps going back and it's like yeah you, you man, I'm, I'm actually gonna be taking a jazz class this year because i feel like jazz is the root of like most mainstream music right now so mm-hmm. i just feel it's like really interesting to get to learn like go back further to the history of all this stuff so yeah. i could definitely like go forward and realize how much you know music is like 
you know how precious music is you know yeah so, i even think it's crazy like speaking on tde you know absol is my favorite mm-hmm. my first favorite rapper to come from that that i discovered from that label yeah. right listening mm-hmm. back in the, that early 2000s era but like now listening to reason i hear a lot of their since they're both from carson yeah and i don't think he said yeah. it in an interview or maybe you know i haven't heard it at least mm-hmm. but like you can hear a lot of like absol and reasons like wordplay nah, for sure you know i'm just like damn like this is like crazy like there there has to be a little bit of inspiration no, from absol yeah. because like the way he uses words is very similar to Absol. Obviously, like it's a different style, but like just that wordplay, the the, the onomatopoeias, the play on words and stuff. No, you know? exactly. Yeah, I mean, and that that's that really has a lot to do with the two. Where it's like, you know, and it's like they're both from the same area, and you could kind of tell in their music, but they don't sound the same either. You mm-hmm. know, Reason isn't out here making the same songs that Soul is making. He's out there doing his own thing. And, you know, same thing for, like, all these other artists. Like, like I mentioned Kendrick and Dre. Kendrick isn't doing what Dre's doing. You know, you wouldn't hear Dre, like, doing something like Damn. Yeah. And eventually, if, like, 30 years from now, you're going to be seeing somebody influenced by Kendrick not doing what Kendrick's doing. And that's what I think is crazy because there's some people that get stuck in that, I want to be exactly like this person. And you're not going to grow from there because you're just holding yourself up to that standard. Right. You could say, like, I want to be like this person, but... You know, you also have to be your own style. You have to put your own style in, or whether that's picking, you know, from different genres, different music, and putting it into your own style. You know, and it's like it's that's that's all it takes. You just gotta like really find yourself in that process, also. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, that that's something I go over because I've I've been doing a lot more like artist development with the artists I work with, mm-hmm. and like I'm not making music, but like for me, I could tell you from my perspective. And from there, you could also, you know, build in. So I want you to, you know, interact with other artists so you guys could give each other advice. But, like, for me, it's, like, what I tell uh, Adrian. That's what I tell uh, my other artist, Don. Uh, and, yeah, just, like, don't be stuck to that standard where, you know, you just want to be, like, this one person. Add your own taste to it. You know, add your own twist to it. So that way, eventually, you're going to be influencing people. And it's, like, you're going to get on that level where it's, like, okay, like, now people look up to me. Mm-hmm. You know? that's, that's a cool thing. Yeah. Now, speaking of you working with artists now, you helped me reach out to people like Juno Glock, um, yeah, like you mentioned, uh, Amo. How did you first come in contact in, with those artists? So, uh, Amo, <laughs> I've known him since high school. We played baseball together. Okay. So, for me, it was a lot easier to work with him because I was just like, you know, I already know this guy. It's a lot, you know, I'd always like liked his music because I remember he put some songs on SoundCloud and stuff. And I mean, from there, I kind of really saw a lot of potential in him. I was like, I know I could get him to, to like, to really unlock his like you know potential you know just kind of working on like you know getting him better beats obviously getting him like you know engineers to work with so they could work on like the math like the mixing and stuff and you know just giving him like uh you know more as many resources as i could you know so it's like and it was easy because like you know we work great together because it's like we know each other already but we know when to take it serious we know when to talk about this stuff we know when to like you know when we're about to release something we got to like really work hard on it um and yeah so it, like that's how i met him uh juno glock was actually he would just like reach out to me through instagram mm. and um one time i just checked out his music and i just started like helping him a lot more and uh don i met at a at a what was it? open mic in inglewood nice and um yeah, I just, like, I, I, she covered a song, and she had very great, like, crowd control, like, and that's something that, so before that, I, I asked Musa, I was like, hey, like, I'm gonna go out here, I wanna look for more artists, I was like, you know, what do you think I should do when I look for somebody, and he kinda gave me a list, he's like, obviously, like, their voice, lyrics, 
and you know he's like one thing that you know a lot of people don't look out for is how they could control a room mm. that's really big you know obviously you want an artist that you know there's some artists that aren't even good artists but if they know how to control the crowd yeah they could really make it work you know yeah so you know i saw she really controlled the crowd i thought it was just like it, it was just her energy was really great so then you know i reached out to her and i asked her you know if she wanted me to help her out with that so yeah she she trusts me with this so yeah i mean it's, that's you know at least with those three artists and then i also have a uh, michael weston who drew told me about uh, he's a producer um and yeah man it's like he, he's already worked with mike will like he's really good friends with him so i was like okay cool like you know you already got like some experience in the so it's like you know i feel very i feel very confident with all my artists and very confident that they could like definitely like you know be like you know you know set the standard for people mm-hmm. yeah also i should say jew isn't even my artist like, I, I just i guess i just do more like a and r work for him he has a manager and you know he yeah. has his own team but yeah i love that guy i love, I love all of them so <laughs> yeah no and i just wanted to shout out him too because like i said i've had him on the show yeah um, that was really zoom good obviously but it was yeah. it was fun you know and uh-huh. just even like hearing his music man like yeah he's he's, he's, he's so unique he's so talented too which yeah. is like he's like it, it sounds very polished like it sounds so natural to him when he when he raps uh, and he freestyles and stuff so yeah i mean it's he, he's he's definitely like on his way up for sure you know mm-hmm. all of them are so yeah i mean other than that it's, it's, it's just been a lot of fun you know working with these people uh meeting a lot of people and obviously working with people on the label you know learning from my managers there or you know just hanging out with the artists it's like it's really cool like being around zay like it's it's fun you know because then i get to learn stuff from an artist's perspective also you know yeah you know people hang out with people like zay kembe alameda all them so yeah it's it's a lot of fun that's tight know? yeah now you mentioned zay mm-hmm. obviously like he has an album mm-hmm. um, yep. at the time July of this 30th. recording <laughs> yes it hasn't come out yet but by the time i put this out it'll be out okay yeah, um cool. but talk to me about it or let's backtrack a little bit i guess what were like some of the first like surreal moments that you've had whether it was like working with Musa and TDE or just even working with your own artists that you have. Yes. I mean, I guess like the topic was Zay. I uh, think about the first time I, I met him was at Doghouse in Santa Monica. So what happened was Musa would just like randomly like hit me up and be like, yo, you know, you think you give me a ride somewhere? And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. So I remember it was like nighttime already and I was already like, I think I was already even asleep. <laughs> but I remember he, he hit me up and I remember I was like, uh, I text him like, oh, I'm, I'm at home, what's up? And I remember I was just like, while well, I was killing time, I just started looking at Instagram and I saw that he was in a studio. I saw they were both in a studio. So he's like, you think you come like pick me up? I was like, yes. Yeah, I mean, like I was gonna like help him out anyway. So I was like, yeah, that's cool, I'll go. So like I, I just pull up. Or you know, I, I don't even think I realized, I, I saw that he was at the studio. I don't think I realized Zay was at the same studio until I got there when I was waiting for Musa. I was like on my phone and I was like, oh shit, he might be inside. Yeah. And then Moose was like, I'll oh, get down. I'm, I'm going to be a while. So I, I walked in and then that's when I met him. And I just remember that was such a crazy experience because he yeah. was in there with Kembe and it was, and it was just like, oh shit, like he was, you know, he's right there. So it tripped me out. And uh, yeah, actually, you know, but as far as like, you know, surreal moments also like, you know, I have moments like with Adrian, like uh, <laughs> a few weeks ago, actually, or I'm sorry, this was back in May. So we were in the studio and usually he'll send me his music before he records it just to give me like an idea of what it's going to sound like. Yeah. Um, but he didn't send me this song. He was like, oh, I got something for this. I'm like, okay, cool, cool. So where he's in there and then I'm, uh, Mike is in there with us too. And I'm just talking to Micah the whole time. Like, you know, they're doing, uh, him and uh, his engineer are doing their thing. Uh, his engineer is actually named Noah too. Okay. Um, so they're doing their thing in there and like, I'm not really paying attention because obviously they have the headphones on. And then Adrian walks out the booth and they start playing the music so he's playing it and everything and then it gets to a part towards the end 
where he shouts out he shouts me out in the song and i just remember thinking like oh shit like i didn't think like i'd ever you know anybody would ever shout me out in a song but he he shouts me out and a few of our homies from high school and it was just like crazy i just remember tripping out i was like damn like when we put this out like my name's gonna be like you know he's he's just like it's just crazy because i guess like you know obviously it's not like we're like on like kendrick's level or shit like that but it's like Mm -hmm. damn like it's it's cool to see that like you know like and it's just like knowing that he like appreciates like me also and it's like i thought it was really cool that was like a really cool moment yeah it's a thought you know Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter how big or small Mm -hmm. that artist is it's just like hey like you were you were a part of this process so like you know i want to shout you out that's kind of dope so yeah so it was really cool um and even like i guess like you know i'm just going through like moments where like it hits me like it's it's crazy it's like uh when Alameda dropped a few weeks ago, man, that was that was so crazy. Like just seeing her, like seeing her process of where she was when she first got here to seeing where she's at now, and it's like seeing how good the song's doing. So I I thought that was really cool. It's like you know just seeing that whole like when, for when she first got here to LA, and I'm just like there's times where I'm just like damn, this is so cool. Like to see and like see her like success, like it's just such a good feeling knowing like they're they're you know growing there, you know, and it's I. It, you know I, I've had the song on repeat so, so much like I just like put that shit on repeat I just like put my headphones on and just like get her streams up you know help her out and yeah. it's just so cool like I, I could see that you know and then she seeing her like celebrate every small victory like you know I celebrate him with her you know mm-hmm. yeah, it's just like so yeah, it's, it's just I love seeing that you know and it's like that's what that's what makes me like appreciate music a lot more where I'm like damn like you know I, I like this is like what I want to do you know I want to see people you know I want to help people you know I know not even like help people just like see them you know come up like that you know and I just think it's really cool yeah for sure now speaking on the music industry did you get a chance to uh watch that video that T-Pain released a few maybe like a week ago no but I think I did hear a few things that's the one where he said uh when Usher went up to him right uh yeah no, yeah it was on his podcast right yeah, yeah yeah so I did hear some of that um but I mean yeah so that that was the one thing I got of it like what, what else was he like going over in that video he was just talking about how well the music was the same that mm-hmm. a lot of the music is the same in the industry and i kind of just wanted to ask you about like what are your thoughts overall just on the even if you don't reference that yeah comment no, no, that no, yeah. did, but just as far as like the music industry compared to when you were a young fan listening to it and now that you're older you're seeing how it's changed what are your overall thoughts on it now yeah i mean like for me i definitely at one point i was one of those kids where like oh there's no true lyricists uh so this all that uh this new music this mumble rap but i mean like once i got older i started realizing like they're doing what they love so like why am i gonna be hating on it mm. you know i'm not a big like uh let's see i'm trying to think of someone um i guess someone like uh let's see i'm trying to think i don't know, like froze i like forgot every rapper's name <laughs> we could cut that out um but it's like there, there might there might be an artist out there that like i just personally don't fuck with their music it's not that i hate it it's just not like you know my style but it's like i hate it, especially now since like trap has been like on the rise for a while and it's like a lot of people try to downplay it and say oh it's mumble rap you can't even understand it's like no but they're also doing what they love true you know why are you gonna hate on that you know and it's like I, I hate when people say like oh this is real music especially like when people say like referring to Kendrick it's like no yeah it's, it's don't get me wrong like, I love Kendrick it's 100% great music but you can't like you don't have to go up here and compare every single thing to yeah. one person you know or it's like people say like oh music nowadays uh, and it's like come on like there's great artists you just you just are too lazy to find them you have to look harder you have to really look for these because there's great music out especially now like you know I could go back to the 90s and there was great music then now it's like there's plenty of artists that are trying their best and doing you know working their hardest 
and just for somebody to go in like their comments and just be like, eh, it's all right. You know, and it's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like, why, why would you do that? You know, it's like, for me, I, that's how I've always seen it. It's like, you know, you, you, you don't have to like love their work, but like you could at least acknowledge like yeah. that they're doing what they love, you know, and they, don't get me wrong. There's probably some, there's some people out there that do, you know, do stuff and just, just to, like try to make money and stuff, obviously. Oh, hundred percent. Like, yeah. You know, obviously it's, it's a different story, you know, and it's, for me, it's just like, if somebody loves what they're doing, I'm not going to go out there and try to like diminish it. Yeah. You know, that's, that's what, that's what they like, you know? And, yeah. For me, I don't, I don't think all music sounds the same. There might be some genres where it's like, yeah, maybe they do sound the same, but maybe I'm just not listening enough to it. True. You know, like I guess say, I, I, I'm not going to go out there and say if I don't know anything about that genre, mm-hmm. you know, cause people do that about rap all the time. They're like, oh, rap music sounds the same. All they do is talk about sex, yeah. drugs, and alcohol. And it's like, yeah, you know, there's there's some art, a lot of artists that do that, but you know, there's also a lot of artists that write about like what they want to talk about, you know, and it's like mm-hmm. why why would you, you know, hate on that they're telling their story. You know? Yeah. No, that's one thing I find myself too not being like too hypocritical cuz I was like I remember that was one mm-hmm. uh I remember we had to write like a persuasive essay in college and it was like like not all hip hop sounds the same. Yeah, like that exactly. was like my argument. And now I don't listen to the radio a lot personally, mm-hmm. but like when I work with the kids or something, like sometimes there's just going to be on. radio on in the background just because it's the easiest thing to put on. Mm-hmm. It's clean. So like it's a safe like bet. But I, I do feel like sometimes like sometimes the radio mm-hmm. music per se that's playing on the Kiss FM's, the no, Power sure. 106's, they, 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 they don't sound similar, but they have an algorithm. You mean they have like a, they have like a certain like type of sound to them where like yeah. they're saying this many catchy words they're looking for a catchphrase here and there they want like a catchy hook or mm-hmm. a catchy chorus that like the kids can sing along to so it, it's kind of like you kind of pick up on those trends but i wouldn't say it's yeah. not the same either no yeah yeah i mean like definitely there's a lot of elements that will sound the same I and mean, a lot of the stuff like on the radio too is you know it's very you know it's a lot of it's pushed by you know yeah. these big uh labels and stuff you know once you get the labels behind you you know they, they help you out with stuff like that you know, and it's like for me, it's like maybe yeah, maybe I personally don't. Or I'm not too big into like mainstream pop and stuff like that. And like, and like I used to be. Obviously, when we were kids, we would just hear it on the radio. We would like it. Yeah. But it's like at the same time, it's like yeah, same thing. It's like you know they they're doing what you know their thing. You know, it's cool, whatever. You know, but yeah, and it's like I also hate when people get mad at rappers for going mainstream. They're like, oh, like uh, yeah, I just I don't get what the hate is. Like you want your you want your favorite artist to do make good. it, right? You want them to make it, and so you want them to stay. Down. Like, and obviously, like. There's a lot of people that are humble out there that just choose not, you know, don't want to go mainstream. I think of some like a good example, maybe like Vince Staples. Yeah, you know? he's a big name, but he's not on the radio constantly. Mm-hmm. But like people know who he is, you know. And I he's even such think a great like artist. you know, rest he's in such... peace. But Nipsey Hussle was like that exactly. too. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not for sure. For sure. You know, there's a lot of people like that, and it's like, you know, yes, it's like some people choose not to. Some people, it's like at the end of the day, like you're not making the decisions for them. Why are you gonna keep telling them to go back to their old music when they want to progress? You yeah. Know? I think I will, I will say though it is not disappointing but like you know I was like a big Kid Ink fan when he was coming up oh yeah because he was around that same age when mm-hmm. Odd Future and and uh, like TD was coming mm-hmm. up and then like around 2014 like he like caught the mainstream wave and mm-hmm. then he just kind of made similar sounding music like yeah, a lot yeah. of his newer uh, music now is yeah. like all like that same beat mm-hmm. and I'm just like ah like this this isn't like why I like you you know no yeah you I mean don't get me wrong I, I I get you know some people get frustrated behind it but it's like. You know, yeah, I, I, I get what you mean, though. It's, it's like, it, it kind of sounds the same now. It sounds repetitive, but it's yeah. like, you know, you, you're doing what you want, you know, if you're making money, but, you know, yeah, you, you definitely, like, appreciate the older music a lot more, so I mm-hmm. get that for sure. Yeah. But, yeah. Right on. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Segway so, or something. Yeah, I was like, we can switch gears over to baseball, because I know uh, you wanted to talk about that a little yeah. bit. We could talk about a little bit MLB, but first mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you, too, because you mentioned uh, earlier when we were talking about 
coaching and you coach mm-hmm. and how did you get into that and what do you like most about coaching baseball so yeah so i'm right now i'm coaching with the dodgers rbi so i'm sure you're familiar with the rbi programs yeah. uh for those who don't know reviving baseball in inner cities so basically what the goal is is to grow baseball in these cities where there's a lot more you know black and brown kids or you know just uh minorities, yeah, in, general, minorities yeah. in general so um i'm working out in watts and um yeah, it's really fun. You know, for me, coaching, uh, I get, I'll go back to, like, when I was 16 years old, I'd work at, you know, they, they had these stadium camps at Dodger Stadium uh, every summer, uh, summer and winter. So I would volunteer because uh, I, I did it once as a child. So I'd volunteer as a, as a chaperone, but they'd have us, like, they'd give us our own team for all four days, and they would basically do all the drills together, and they'd play together, all, you know, all these other players. So... That's when I first started, and it's like it was so much fun. I remember there were some of the kids who would get so excited. Some a lot of the teams we had, like, and you know they they'd really get it. So the games would really go forty five minutes, and it would just be like a softball coach pitch and stuff. But like the the way these kids got into the game was so much fun to watch. Seeing them hit home runs and stuff, seeing them celebrate, seeing them yeah. make all these catches, like they're just having the time of their life because they're playing on you know on the field. So it was like it was such a cool experience for them. So then it's like when I started you know thinking like oh yeah I think I get to take on coaching and stuff. Um, and like I said, you know, I was never like the best baseball player, but I knew so much that I would just sit with the coaches a lot while we were in the dugout and like, I would go over stats with them from the other team or, you know, see where, what they did their last at bat and I'd help them, you know, adjust to it. I'd be like, oh, this guy, you know, hit an outside pitch to left field. Maybe we just jam him inside, stuff like that. Or, hey coach, what if we, what if we call these plays and stuff? So they would, I mean, a lot of my coaches would tell me like, you, you're going to come back one day, right? You're going to come back one day. I was like, oh, maybe, I, was, I don't know, but like. You know, they, they definitely wanted me to help coach. Um, and I did go back uh, the after I graduated. I to go, went to go help out the freshman team. And I was just nervous because I was like, man, these, these kids are a little older. You know, I remember how how my, how my how we were as freshmen. I was like, is it going to be that bad? Like, are they going to treat us like, no, like, shit, they're going to disrespect us? Yeah. So I was definitely a little nervous about that. But once I, you know, I, these kids were very, like, they would listen to everything I'd say. I'd, I'd tell them something and they, they'd listen. I was like, oh, you know, it's crazy. Maybe, like, you know, I guess it was just, like, the way, like, I, for me, I would always just go out there with that approach, like, hey, you know, let me tell you this real quick. Let me go over this with you. Like, maybe if you fix this, you fix that, you know. And it's like a lot of coaches, if they see you mess up instantly, it's like snapping, you know. Yeah, they'll pull you out yeah, or something so, like that, you know. And I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I've gotten to that point sometimes but like, my first instinct is always kind of just go like, hey, you know, maybe we work on this or do that instead, you know. Um, so I feel like that was one reason, like, the kids really, like, didn't, like, you know, try. And obviously, I wouldn't, like, try to act like I was so much bigger than them. I would, like, talk to them like normal, like, oh, yeah, what do you guys, you know going on how's school going um so yeah and then after that i started helping out in the uh in the little league teams and it was fun but you know uh, i was just i guess too much it's a lot of time you know it's not gonna it's gonna be kind of difficult to work with but um yeah recently i i got an in, uh, uh, email from the dodgers foundation and they told me how it worked and how many hours you have to work a week i, was like, I think that's something i could do mm-hmm. you know they, basically our role is to work with the foundation but also coach our teams and stuff so I was like, yeah, this is definitely something I'd be interested in. And there's a lot of cool opportunities in there. And it's like, you know, working with my dad, it also helped out because, like, you know, he's very, like, flexible about the hours. But um, so, yeah, I guess right now it's, like, three jobs <laughs> going on. But it's a lot of fun. And it's, like, it, keep, it, just, it keeps me busy doing the stuff I love for sure. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's really cool working, in, uh, working with baseball again, coaching and stuff because now it's, like, you know, I could go back to it. I didn't think I was going to go back into baseball, but now it's like, here I am able to balance all three of these things for sure. You know? Yeah. I think that's one thing too. The older I've gotten, I realized like I'd rather do three jobs where like mm. 
they're not full-time jobs or part-time jobs but they're like they're fun they're three yeah. jobs that you really enjoy doing this is sure. like one job that pays probably the same as all those jobs together but it's like not as fun or just not desirable you know no for sure for sure yeah i mean in my like i'm thankful for my dad uh because he, he runs his own company so it's it's easier for me to just kind of be like yo maybe today i'm probably not gonna be able to work you mm-hmm. know but um yeah and then obviously like with the label it's just like whenever they need me or you know with the dodgers i kind of make my own schedule also so i mean it, it's very like convenient for me and you know it's it works out especially now that it's summer and i'm you know maybe some days i'll, I'll be busy the whole day and some days i'll just have to like run errands and stuff or yeah or stuff like that so, okay yeah Right on. Now looking at the bigger picture, mm-hmm. we just had the MLB All Star break. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of overall thoughts on like what teams or players stood out to you from the first half of the MLB season. Uh, to point out the obvious, the guy who plays down the street, <laughs> uh, Otani is something else, man. It's so crazy watching him play. Cause growing up, I always used to think it was impossible to see two way players like that, or yeah. I would question why there wasn't enough. So to see him like right now, especially in, in I don't know if he's even reached his prime, which would be scary if he hasn't. Right. It's so cool to see like the feats he's accomplishing and everything he's doing it's like every day he's doing something that hasn't been done in so long and it's right. so cool to watch you know I've, I've caught a couple angel games this last uh season just to go like watch him play or just you know it, yeah I, I do like going to angel games because it's close by it's pretty convenient mm-hmm. um so he's something like he's something else you know i've, I've i really like players like uh, juan soto also mm. uh man he's watching him in the 2019 world series was so cool yeah it's like he he the Nationals eliminated the Dodgers, but it was so cool to watch Soto play because it was such an interesting person to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? Uh, obviously, like, you know, Mookie Betts. I've been a, you know, he, he's not having his best season, but, like, for me, I've been a huge fan of him since he was in Boston. So I remember I got a shirt from when I went to Boston a few years ago. I got a shirt with him on it, you know, and then, you know, now we're here. You know, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's, on, he's a Dodger for life, basically. That's so, crazy. um, yeah, I mean, what other players? I mean, there's people like Vladimir Guerrero Jr., you know, and it's like there's a lot of players that are, like, underrated right now, too. People like Tim Anderson, who I love watching, who's, like, a great player, but it's, like, he gets overshadowed by a lot of other people or, like, uh, who else? Like, Marcus Simeon. He's, his, uh, Guerrero's the teammate, you know. He gets overshadowed. He's having a great season, but it's, like, Guerrero's having an even better season. Yeah. There's definitely a surplus of, like, great baseball players out right now, and I feel like people that – trying to say that baseball is dead don't really understand like what these players are doing you know they're mm-hmm. not watching that oh i forgot to mention like fernando tatis like yeah people are saying he's like the next griffey as far as like the way he you know presents himself he has that confidence he's he's something else man he, I, I just don't like him when he's playing the dodgers for sure <laughs> you know <laughs> he's a great showman though he's for a sure. great showman and I, like if people try to hate on especially other dodger fans and i'm like okay like do you guys hate him because he's not, like not on the dodgers or do you guys like generally right. like not like watching people have fun in baseball because that's yeah. a big problem right now. People think you have to, you know, watch baseball in a library. You know, it's so ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's that is like the, I feel like maybe not baseball like the athletes themselves mm-hmm. like it's not a dying breed, but like there's a huge like divide between like there's oh, a lot of people yeah. who are like oh play baseball the right way or yeah, then there's the sure. newer wave of players and a lot of them are Latino or just like yeah they're exactly. not your typical like white player no and 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 they just play a different style because they're from different countries or they're from different parts where that's how they did it and even going back to like Puig like Puig was like I think was like kind of one of controversial not like a pioneer but almost in a way like a pioneer for these players like Tatis for these players like Javi Javi Baez they're flashy they would celebrate after home runs like he would lick his bag like people yeah, like would like, get freaked out by that yeah, exactly so it's like it's it's so crazy because like when I was growing up I was always taught that way of like you know um 
playing the game the right way. Don't swing on three old counts. Don't mm-hmm. steal when you're up by this much. Show sh- like a sportsmanship. We couldn't even say like we couldn't shit talk in the dugout a lot because the coach would get mad, mm-hmm. you know. And it was like he just wanted us to like he said this is us like respecting the game. And it's like I get it. There's some people that are out there like that, and it's like my mind was so closed when I was playing baseball in high school where it's like I didn't see these bigger issues where it's like I thought yeah he's not playing the game the right way or it's like you know and you would try to copy people out because like you know if they were like black or Mexican you'd be like oh you know they're not playing the game the right way you know or you'd see like these Dominican players and stuff yeah because like it, they weren't playing to your standards so growing up I was always like oh they're not they're not respecting the game. they don't deserve to be in it. and it's like and once I started getting older I was like well, if baseball if baseball's supposed to be fun why are we getting mad at people that are having fun playing baseball you know 100% yeah because I'll admit like I bought into that I bought into the whole like you know being like not not seeing that issue just yeah. thinking like you know basically like the world revolved around me and my view of baseball mm. and it's like you know why like why are we pointing out these people like why are we pointing out tim anderson and not pointing out bryce harper yeah yeah you know and yeah. It, it happens a lot like uh i think it was uh who was it abdul herrera from the phillies a few years ago one of these scouts put an article basically like i forgot exactly what it was but it was like the way he was talking about him, like the language he used in the article, was just oh. kind of like, ooh, like why are you pointing him out when you know Bryce Harper is up up in Washington? This is when he was back in the Nationals. Like why are you, why are you just pointing out Carrera's like you know flaws and not someone like you know Bauer or you know all these other people? And it's like, yeah, I started realizing like man, like like I was part of the issue, and it's like now it's like why why am I gonna limit people from having fun from baseball because it's not to my standard mm-hmm. you know I think it's great when people go out there and play with their heart out and show emotion and stuff yeah 100% yeah, it might be frustrating when you're losing like 20 to nothing <laughs> it's like <laughs> at the same time it is what it is you know it's like it's it's it, baseball is fun so it's supposed to be fun and yeah I mean like that's basically what I'm pushing I'm trying to push more with with you know with RBI teams it's like no it's supposed to be fun like go out there and you know do your thing um, make sure you have fun playing it and it's like yeah there's going to be times where it's not fun but you know it, it's everything you do really you know yeah. but yeah it is it is interesting seeing that aspect of it like seeing you know people get frustrated about it and then it's like you call somebody childish for the way they're celebrating but then you the the next batter that goes up you're just going to hit them in the in the ribs with the 98 mile per hour fastball it's like does that make you much more of a like <laughs> a better person yeah you hit him with the ball it's like no it's like you know, you're gonna go out to let people have fun if you gave up a home run just don't give up a fucking home run yeah it's exactly as that. <laughs> yeah. you know shit like that you know yeah so it, it's kind of weird baseball's in a weird state and mm-hmm. i feel like it's gonna be interesting really i feel like these next like five to seven years are gonna be pivotal because yeah i, I you know we both work with the the, the youth mm-hmm. and i feel like baseball is like the least popular sport like there's a lot more kids that i know and, and mm-hmm. i work yeah. in a predominantly hispanic area but like mm-hmm. soccer is bigger than yeah. baseball right now so hockey is yeah. gaining in popularity so i just yeah. feel like baseball is like if they aren't adamant about like mm-hmm. growing the sport amongst the youth like they could really like yeah lose out. struggle so like from you from your perspective since you work in a lot more like you know work with a lot more sports would you like say that baseball has the biggest split between like the older generation and the younger because like nba fans are all in yeah They're all in on the same page even like nfl fans there's still a lot of people that complain about like you know celebration yeah. stuff but like as a majority of them are you know cool with it do you feel like baseball is the one that's most played, or do you think there's other sports that are kind of still like in the middle? No, I feel like baseball is like a really big divide, and mm-hmm. there's there's it's not just always older and younger. I mean, mm-hmm. there's people our age too that I've met that are still like, nah, I play the game the right yeah. way, and it's just like, what is the right way? Exactly. You know, like that yeah. was the right way to them in Venezuela when they're growing up and playing yeah. the sport. You know? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, hundred percent. And um, 
Yeah, it was like when I remember I saw a tweet uh, during the whole. I don't know if you remember the whole uh, your main Mercedes incident yeah. with Tony La Russa. I, I don't know why Tony La Russa is still managing that team, man. But I That's remember bad. somebody <laughs> tweeted the reason they're unwritten rules is because somebody started to write them down and realize how stupid they sounded. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I thought it was perfect. It's like yeah, it's like come on, like w- what are unwritten rules? If they're unwritten, they're like they're not in the rule book, right? You know, it's like what's the point? And why do we have to follow them like more than we do the regular rules? It's like. It's it's so crazy to me that people get mad and it's like that whole your mean Mercedes thing. It's like a, like just this last week he he said he was gonna retire because yeah, of that. and it's crazy. It's like because he has so many people against it, you know. And it's like maybe if it was majority of people were agreeing with him, which like to us on Twitter we probably see majority of people agreeing with him, but uh, Twitter is only like a small percentage of sports, you know, the sports mm-hmm. world. And there's this you know a lot more people out there that have different views yeah you know, people that don't use smartphones and stuff you know they have different views from that they see it as like oh he was doing the wrong thing you know but it's like that's their way of seeing it. it's like no he was just playing baseball that's what he was taught to do he came over here to, like that's his job right you know and we do see i mean not so much in baseball we haven't seen his worse or bad incidents but mm-hmm. definitely in the nba when fans came back we saw different things where like yeah you know, a fan poured popcorn on Russell Westbrook or just yeah, exactly. calling him inappropriate names. And just yeah. think about, like, how much flack that Mercedes is ca- catching from stuff yeah, we don't exactly. see on Twitter, right? From the fans, from maybe a coaching staff or, like, a employee of the White Sox, you know? so no, it's exactly. Just, he could be hearing it from all different kinds of places, and it just kind of, you know, it just... I, I fell for him when he said he was going to retire because it was like, damn, like, did he yeah, really like, get, like, bullied into retiring? And this exactly. is a young player, you know? Yeah, and it's like, you, you take someone like uh, Marcus Stroman who just fully embraces that. Yeah. He knows people are out for him. <laughs> and it's funny because, like, instead of people saying, like, no, we're not, people are proving his point even more. They're calling him the N-word. They're yeah. saying all this stuff. They're saying all this racist stuff to him. And it's funny because a lot of these aren't even burners. They're, like, actual accounts. Like, there's yeah. people with profile pictures. And, like, they tweet regularly, but they're saying all this stuff to him. But he's, like, proving their point. Yeah. You know, why are you going to point point him out? And, you know, it's like, it, it just doesn't make sense. You know, I don't get, like, why. It's like, he's out there doing his job, and it's like, you know, people try to call him out and say, like, oh, you, you don't know what you're talking about. And it's like, how do you know more than him from his perspective? You know, it's like, that was one thing I always didn't understand is, like, I never understood other people's perspectives because I didn't understand it. It's like, why am I going to tell a black man about his life that he right. went through when I didn't live his life for him? Hmm. You know, and it's like I don't. People just don't get that. People are like, "Oh no, you, you don't, you don't understand. You, you never." It's like, oh, "How do you know?" It's like yeah. you weren't there. It's like exactly. Yeah. So it's like the shit like that. It's it's crazy, and it's like all this we could just, you know. I know it's like we haven't even said. It's like it's it's not fair to these players because you're pushing more players out. It's like there's a reason why there's a drop in Hispanic black kids, or at least Hispanics in the U.S. Like black kids in in the U.S. are like why there's not so many like baseball right. players you look at the percentage back in the 70s it was such a i forgot what the exact percentage is but like to the recent i remember i think it was 2014 or 15 they did the the, the like percentage of it and it was like only three percent you know minorities or like black and brown you know people in the league compared to what it was in the 70s Dang. like i don't know if you're, if you're familiar with the date uh, september 1st i think it was 1971 that was the first all minority lineup and you could look mm. it up and that was the pittsburgh's pirates um they were the first team to send out just, you know, Hispanic and black people out there. And that's something that's still celebrated today. But how many times has it happened in between then? Right. You know, it's like, it's, it, it's, it's dipping a lot. You're losing a lot of people's interest in it because you want them to play at a certain standard. And like, so you're going to kick these people out for playing that way. It's like, what's the point? You know, they're, they're just playing big. They're great. There's a lot of great players out there. Yeah. And I think sometimes the history sometimes of the sport, cause mm-hmm. 
Look, it's called America's Pastime, exactly, right? And yeah. it was one of the few sports that you could say like originated in the United States, or at least the form yeah, that exactly, we know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, but it like, is definitely is it like it's it's growing bigger than that. It's international now, and I think that's one that's thing. What we like, want. yeah, we want that. Like, I think fans have to understand, like, you know, they they have to come to the realization, like, okay, for it to grow internationally and for us to get a better pool of players, we're gonna have to open the doors for different people mm-hmm. like this. And I just think all these people are pioneers. Like I said. Uh, Yasiel Puig walked so that Fernando Tatis can now jog yeah. and then jo- he's jogging so someone in the future can yeah, run exactly I think of it like it's obviously different but like Cam Newton for the Carolina Panthers exactly, caught yeah. a lot of flack I remember he was that yeah doing was all the celebrations that. and that whole team was but now a lot more players are celebrating and there's a lot less complaining about it so it feels exactly. like you know Cam Newton walks so a lot of these quarterbacks can run now yeah and that's the thing it's like if we want to open the door to like more people, it's like they they're trying to do these series in London and Mexico and stuff. But you're not gonna do it if you hold it to that standard because you're just basically saying my way of baseball is the right way, and if you don't play like that, you're not gonna be able to play. Yeah. When it's like in 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 the Dominican Republic, Venezuela, all these countries, they're literally playing baseball every day. Like it's yeah. their life. Like that's what they do. Twenty four, they go play baseball, go home. You know, and they do the same thing the next day. They go to you know these facilities and stuff. They're literally like. Li- living and breathing baseball and it's like you think you're the standard because like you coach a team like you know two days a week like yeah, you think yeah. you have people have to play to your standard when these guys are literally playing like every day of the week mm-hmm. and it's like that's you know that's that's how it is now you know and it's 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 so cool seeing all these international teams you know for me i'm a big fan of international baseball yeah uh the world baseball i mean the olympics are going on uh they don't start games until i believe friday I just love watching international baseball because I love seeing how many sport, how many more countries are being added to these, mm-hmm. you know. And it's like now you're you're gonna see teams from different countries like that aren't big on baseball. Someone like New Zealand or South Africa. I really like watching the Italian baseball team. They're they're one of my favorite teams, probably like besides like Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, or you know, it's it's like seeing like uh, the you know great britain baseball team it's so cool seeing that baseball is growing in all these different places right you know and it's like i hope it just gets bigger but it's people that you know are trying to gatekeep it and it's it's not fair because you're not giving people the chance to get you know come out of you know different countries to play you know different countries where it's not as popular and you know it's it's only it's either going to get worse or better Mm -hmm. you know it's like it's up to us to kind of just like push it so that way you know more people play baseball yeah fair enough yeah all right, so to tie a bow on the baseball conversation, mm-hmm. do you have a favorite to win the World Series this year? I mean, like, if I'd be biased, well, I'd want to say the Dodgers. But, I mean, it's it, <laughs> the thing is, like, it's always tough for me. I don't like making my uh, making predictions when it comes to baseball because it's like, I don't know. It's just such a, like, it, it's such a toss-up. Like, you never know who's going to win, really, mm-hmm. unless it's, like, a really, like, in 2018 and 2020, the Dodgers and Red Sox kind of had that, like, you know, they're definitely going to win. And then 2019, and the Nationals came out of nowhere. The Nationals literally had the worst bull, bullpen ERA of all time, yeah. and they won the World Series. Like, people don't realize, like, in basketball, you could kind of tell who's going to be, like, the, yeah. the, you know, the juggernaut of the league. But it's, like, in baseball, it's so hard to tell. I can't, I mean, I thought the Braves were going to be in first place. I thought the Dodgers were going to be in first place. You know, mm-hmm. I thought the Cardinals were going to be in first. Like, and now I look at the standings now, and it's like, holy shit, everybody's all over the place. But yeah. it's like... You know, it, it is kind of a toss-up. You know, me being biased, I would, of course, say the Dodgers. Um, let's see. I'm going to be realistic about it. I'm trying to think. Um, 
as much as I hate to say it, the Astros look like they're locked in. I feel like they're, I know, they're right? feeding like it, off that energy right now. It so sucks, like, yeah. It say. sucks, but like I do see them, you know, kind of you know, maybe even something like the White Sox. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I would hope the Dodgers for sure. I guess in the National League, I'd probably let me see. I don't know. It's kind of tough in the National League to tell because you know the Dodgers are still going to be that team. Yeah, it's, it's almost like they're the Patriots of baseball. Where they go in, they already know, like they're they're ready for playoffs. They'll play whatever in the regular season. They're not going to you know probably won't look their best. But when it comes to the playoffs, they're a whole different team. Yeah, we saw that with the Astros last year. They literally had their their record was under five hundred, and they made it to the NL. I mean the ALCS. They were one game away. They literally came back from a three nothing lead to make it three three. Like. They because they, they just know how to play in October. Yeah, you know, and that's it, it's it's so crazy seeing it. It's like, you know, these these teams. You know, there's a lot of great teams out there, but it's like, it could all change right away. Like you have a bad series, and next thing you know, you're gonna be in last place. Yeah, know, in a few weeks, and it's it's. I mean, I'm hoping the Dodgers pick it up, because um, I think it'd be uh, great to just go back to back, but. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know. It is kind of tough to tell, honestly, from this time. But, I mean, I guess when it's closer to, like, October, it's probably a little easier. Because even from now, we could have a team that's in first, and they could just go down to, like, they can get injuries. Yeah, yeah exactly, what, yeah. It's basically who can stay the healthiest and who can catch fire the yeah. most, you know? Because if, if a team is riding a hot streak right now, you'd be like, oh, it's too early, you know? Yeah, so, and, yeah. yeah, so I don't know. I, I'd probably lean more towards uh, the Red Sox, just because I yeah, like how they yeah, played exactly. this year, and, they, and they've team. done it with, like, a lot of, like, They've been solid there role players, yeah. you know, and they've and they've done, been there. Like and the manager's been there, and the, exactly, yeah. I, I believe that they could perform in the postseason. But um, other than that, like you said too, like Cardinals, Braves, Phillies, I thought they're all going to be better this year. Yeah, they've been pretty banged up. The White Sox would be another team I like, but they're pretty say, banged yeah, up. Their bullpen, their bullpen just isn't enough. Yeah, so it's just there's a lot of teams with just a lot of holes, but mm-hmm. we'll see how the trade deadline affects that too. Yeah, exactly. And nice um, <laughs> yeah, so it'll it'll be interesting to kind of keep tabs on it. It always is. Um, I really like that one. What was it? The 2016 year where the Royals? Uh, 20, 2015 was the Royals. The, yeah, 2015. Um, but the year before, like, they, they got to the point, yeah, lost to the Giants. Yeah. And then the next year, they were just, like, like, on a tear. Like, we're they, destroying like, everybody. The whole season, they knew it was theirs. They just yeah. went on it. They just took over the league. It was so crazy to watch. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, that was that was cool to watch. So, who, so who's your favorite team? I like uh, Arizona and the Oakland A's. Okay, cool. Yeah, so I, I like. Tough. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what? We don't like, talk about them this year. <laughs> the A's, like the, the A's, I always liked them as a team. I guess the you know the whole Moneyball thing caught my attention, but once I really started to understand what the whole scheme was, yeah. I realized like because I, I don't know if, uh, how, how you see it. Do you, like, yeah. do you see them as like the Moneyball team, or do you see them as my managers? Just I mean, my our owners just cheap. Because I think that's a Moneyball team. Yeah. I, I feel like. Yeah, because because you, you could play the perception of they're cheap, but at the end of the day, like I'm a big fan of like small market teams. I, yeah. I do like it when like the Rays made the World Series, even though they probably yeah. had no business being there in a full season. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of cool to hear stories like that. And I don't know, I just think it, it makes I think it makes you work that much harder from like an entire organization because mm-hmm. like now your scouts got to work harder because the A's know the Diamondbacks know like when these players come up for a big contract like we can't pay them so mm-hmm. like they're probably gonna walk to somewhere bigger but can we win while they're still young can we add yeah. some cheap veteran pieces along with them you know like like the a's right now matt yeah. chapman matt olson's their guys but for two more years they're probably not gonna be a's you know so yes i mean like the the, the thing with those is like because now we're seeing almost every team do this whereas like yeah like i get like you know a lot of these cities like don't have the money because they're, they're not bringing in as many fans as other teams but i feel like one misconception is that like a lot of the times people think their market determines their value. Mm. The thing is, like, 
you have like the A's manager, for example, he's he has more money than the Dodgers. I mean, I'm sorry, the A's owner has more money than the Dodgers owner, but it's like since they're not bringing in that revenue from the games as much as the Dodgers are, they kind of just say like, okay, well, we'll just do this round. We'll cover like I, uh, Blake Snell went on um, CC Sabathia's podcast a few mm. uh, years ago and basically said. Once I started getting good, I started to get sad because I knew the Rays weren't going to want to keep me. Because hmm. he said, like, they, they just they don't pay anybody there. He's like, you know, and it's, it's, like, they, it's like they 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 do have the money, but it's like, I mean, a lot of times they just don't fund it towards, you know, like well, one thing with like what the Cubs are doing, a lot of people don't realize they're cutting back on their players. They're not investing on their players anymore. And they're, they're supposed to be this big market team, you know, they're in Chicago. But what they're doing is they're not paying their players but they're investing the real estate around Wrigleyville so they could build all these you know these new these yeah. stuff like these new uh, uh, condos and stuff and it's like like are, did, it, did you be a manager because I mean, you know, did you, I'm sorry I keep saying manager did you become an owner because you wanted to like you love the sport or did you become an owner because you realized it was a right. great investment and you're instead of putting money towards like the teams and stuff you know that's why like a lot of minor league players aren't getting paid as much and that, that's not even just like a small market you know team that's like Every team, you know, it's it's not fair to them. Where it's like, you know, a lot like like we were talking about this before. It's like these people are saying like, uh, you know, if you if you want it bad enough, you'll take it. But it's like think about these kids that are coming out of different countries, coming to the U.S. have never been here. They have to just figure it out, and you just drop them here with like nothing in their pockets, just kind of figure it out. And like we were said earlier, the the whole uh, you know, players sleeping in their cars, like it's not fair that like, there you know, there's there's money behind the teams, but it's like. Where is it going? They're yeah, they they're not helping them out. They're not like you know giving them the funds they would need, and you know I'm just like they're not expecting like steak dinners every day or something. But they just like they just want you know to live more comfortably, and it is crazy to see it's like you know that that's basically like this podcast tipping pitches. That's like what they go over a lot, like stuff like that. You know, going over the the more like uh, the 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 big labor, uh, labor issues in the league. Yeah, and it goes for every sport, but it's like. You know, it sucks that, like, players have to go through a lot of stuff like this, you know, and it's like, you know, I remember, what was it, there was uh, one player, all he would eat was Domino's, he ate Domino's 30 days straight because he didn't know how to speak English, and because it was, like, the cheapest thing to get for him, so for 30 straight days, he was just eating Domino's, and it's like, and then you go into, like, to practice, and your trainer's yelling at you for eating unhealthy, but it's like, you know, you can't go and buy, like, groceries at the store and stuff, it's just like, it's great. I hope, I hope that takes a turn. Um, I hope these teams like start to realize like if you invest more in your players, they're gonna be better. Right. If you give them better resources, they're gonna be better. You know, and people are saying they're gonna be lazier. If it's like, you know, if people really want it, they're gonna appreciate. It. They're gonna take advantage because there's a lot of people. You know, baseball is a very expensive sport, and that's what we. You know, that's one of the biggest things with RBI. It's like you want to make it more affordable for people because you know there's so much talent everywhere but if you just go for the kids that are going to throw money at you it's mm-hmm. like you know what where are you going to get where right. are you going to go with that you're just going to keep yourself limited. limited to one yeah. type of player and you know that's why i feel like it's very important that like you know you want to invest in these players with you know when they're younger so that way they could only get better you know and it's 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 a shame but like you know i hope i hope baseball starts to like you know take a different approach soon yeah. Uh, I mean, we could only wish, you know, hopefully start, you know, unionizing the uh, the minor league teams and stuff and, you know, give the players better wages. Yeah. You know, like, I, I wish, you know, people like Chapman would stay in uh, Oakland. I wish people like Blake Snell would stay in Tampa. Yeah. Because yeah, they, they love it there. But it's like, you can't 
become emotionally invested in a player when they're playing in teams like that. And I'm mm-hmm. sure you know that as an A's fan. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 a shame, but it's like you know that Chapman's gonna leave soon. You know that like you know you know they're not gonna extend. I mean, the, you know, the beginning of Moneyball was it Jeremy Giambi? Yeah. Or was it Jason? Jason. Jason, Jason I'm sorry, yeah. Jason. Like they knew he was gonna leave. You yeah. know, and it's it sucks because like as a as a fan, you love these players. I love that I'm gonna be able to see Mookie Betts in a Dodger jersey for the next 13 years. Mm-hmm. And I you know I I wish every fan base would get to experience that. You know, the Padres are you know a small market team also, but you know they kept Tatis because they saw how much of an attraction he brought. Right. They said we'll invest in him now. The money's gonna be coming in because you know especially 100%. now San Diego's like yeah it's popping. They're <laughs> popping right now, and it's so cool to see you know like seeing those years of just seeing them as like a joke but it's like i don't get why people can't appreciate like I'm, I'm a dodger fan obviously but like i still could look back and appreciate what the padres are doing i think it's cool i remember in 2013 when the dodgers started you know started this like dynasty that they're on right now that was so exciting in 2013 seeing that happen it was like wow like we're the exciting team that everybody hates. You know, yeah. the Padres is the opposite. They're the exciting team everybody likes. That's just because they're on their list. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's crazy. But, like, um, yeah, I mean, like, I just hope these players, you know, it's like people are always like, oh, you just buy you just buy your plays. You buy your team. It's like, no, they're just paying the players what they're worth. Yeah. You know, you're paying, you're paying Mookie Betts what he's worth. They're not scared to spend, you exactly, know. And yeah. I think, you know, I was listening to a football podcast the mm-hmm. other day, but they were talking about how there's only like five franchises like in football mm-hmm. that are like actively every year trying to win a Super Bowl, yeah. right? No, yeah, and, like the 49ers, the Steelers, mm-hmm. like probably the Cowboys and a few other teams. Like their their goal like 100% bought in, let's mm-hmm. win a championship every year or let's, you know, let's get to that Super Bowl. No, for sure. And I think you could say that for the same for in every sport. Yeah. Right, there's like four or five teams that are just like completely bought in every year. Yeah, but then there's a lot of teams like they're just kind of like, oh, well, like let's just try and be good. Yeah, and if yeah, we make the playoffs, exactly. cool. Like that's that's a win exactly. for exactly. You know, that the Pacers, a lot of baseball. Yeah, the sometimes I even feel like the Diamondbacks are like that. You know, or the Marlins. <laughs> yeah. you know, like let's just let's just try and see what we could do. Scrap up to be pieces together, and if we make the playoffs, that's a plus for us. You know, Not for sure. And and it, it's kind of sad, you know, obviously, but that's again, it goes to the hands of the owners. How much yeah. are they willing to invest? How much are they willing exactly. to exactly? Is this yeah. just a side hobby for them? I even think like the Angels. The Angels could be so much better than what yeah. they are. It's like, but yeah. I, I just don't think Artie Moreno's like bought in. Like, let's make this a winning franchise. Yeah, and it's so crazy. Like, yeah, I mean, for me, like, I'm personally just not a big fan of Artie Moreno. If to be honest, I'm not really a big fan of any of the owners. <laughs> it's just like, but it's like, you know, it, it's it's so crazy because like the Angels are like a few good players away from being this, like, you know, the best team in the league. Yeah, with Otani Trout. You know, uh, Rendon, like, you know, you just need to throw in, a, like, some solid pitching, and it's, like, next thing you know, they're they're a scary team. They could take on the Astros, and you know. But even then, too, like, what I really like, even though people say the Dodgers hmm. buy players, whatever, they've yeah. always had top prospects exactly, coming yeah. in and out. They no, pay their players, and they have top prospects. Angels never had really, like, uh, obviously, with, with the exception of Adele and Trout. Yeah, like, yeah. they never had good, homegrown, like, prospects, of, and there's yeah, a lot yeah, of franchises like that. that. And it's just kind of like, well, I think it starts there. You know, they've never, like, you're telling me in the past, like, eight years, they haven't been able to breed a pitcher exactly, through their farm system. Yeah. Like, that's, that's pretty so bad. That's so crazy. And it's like, the I think it all has to do with the coaching, obviously, is like the player development. Because yeah. you get, we, uh, the Dodgers, like, I remember it was the, they would put the 27, they, they, they do this every year where they put the rosters up and, how many players are homegrown? How many players were traded? And how many players were like free agents? Yeah. And the Dodgers always have the highest homegrown. Yeah. You know, because you have you know people like Lux, Seager, Bellinger, you know Kershaw. They all came into the system, and it's all like you know. Obviously, it's not all the credit doesn't just go to the player uh, player development. It obviously goes to the players, but it's like 
you know, when they got Mookie Betts, it was like, oh, man, you guys are just trying to buy the ring at this point. It was like, no, nah. <laughs> they literally let him go as a salary dump. They yeah. did not want to pay him anymore, so they just let him go. Yeah. Like, why aren't, why aren't people getting mad at the Red Sox? People are getting mad at the They're Dodgers. Trying to win. The Red Sox literally gave away their franchise player. For, like, what? To like, save money. What yeah. are you saving money for? You know, you're a baseball team. You want to put out a good team out there so they could win. And now it's like, obviously, the Red Sox are, you know, back on, you know, back in pace. But it's like, imagine how much better they would have been with Mookie Betts this year. 100%. You know, and it's like, it's it's just not fair to the fans that, like, you know, the, they, they have to suffer from it where it's like, you know, the owners aren't going to put the money in, um, you know, to these teams. So it's like, oh, well, you know, I guess it's like, you know, they, obviously there's a difference between rebuilding and just getting rid of your players. The Cubs, since the beginning of the season, have been wanting to just get rid of Bryant. Yeah. They just and then they get on that hot streak, and now it's like okay we're back we're, yeah we still want to get rid of him we so it's like okay like he's he think about what they what they did a hundred and eight years no World Series they bring up this these this core infield and you know they bring them their first championship that was yeah. literally like history people wouldn't people didn't think they'd see the day the Cubs would win the World Series Mm-mm. and now you're like yeah we'll just we'll just let them go it's like, if it's, I were them yeah. they just keep that you keeping that like core together Baez Bryant Rizzo like. That's gonna do good for this fan base, even if they don't win. Even a World if they Series struggle, again. yeah, it's just cool to see them play. Yeah, again. exactly, because yeah, sure. you're just like you always remember that crew, and like the Giants kind of do it with like Crawford, with yeah, Posey. Yeah, they have the same. I like, think it's like, just those two actually now, but like I think Belt's still in there. I don't think he's playing as. I think he might yeah. be injured, but it's like yeah, it's, it's just sucks because like I mean at least with me with the Dodgers, I've you know I've obviously I've been kind of like emotionally attached like someone like Kershaw like I really hope he doesn't leave. You know, it's yeah, like, I don't think I, I've, yeah, since I was like eight years old, I've been watching him pitch, and then it's like. You know, people have came and gone, but it's like I at least they have a chance to like play with the team and like prove something. You know, I look at the for me like I still look back at the twenty seventeen World Series and see that group of players and like they were so good. They like you know you look up an article like best team to not win the World Series like twenty seventeen Dodgers are probably like on the top of that list. It's crazy. They were such a, and they were all homegrown, homegrown or free or you know they were released by the team. Look at Turner. Yeah. He was released by the by the Mets. Uh, he went to a alumni game at Cal State Fullerton. Mm-hmm. One of the Dodgers, I think, I don't know if it was Cal, I forgot who it was. They saw him there. They talked to him, told him to come over. Now look where he's at. Yeah, you know. And then same thing with like Taylor and Munchie. Rich Hill was like Rich that Hill, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like it was. It was such a great team that literally, like, you know, they did it themselves. Like, it wasn't like, you know, it's not like they had Mookie Betts on there. It's not like they had like Bauer or anything. They literally like had that team from the, like there. That was the core, you know. Mm-hmm. And it was like so cool to watch because like you know I had never seen the Dodgers in the World Series before that. My dad had seen them so many times with different teams, and it's like for me to see 2017 and then 2018 and then obviously like 2020. It was cool to see a lot of the same players were there, you know. Yeah. And it's it's especially cool to watch like you know these teams with like my family, especially like my dad and my brother and my 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 uncle who loved baseball like we get to you know grow a relationship with these players and it's like we get to watch them play and yeah a lot of these players are going to kind of like grow out of it but you know or not grow out but like go to different teams but like at least we have those memories with them and I I think that's what makes baseball such a cool sport you know and I feel for these teams that like you know the the fans don't get to appreciate the players because they know they're going to leave you know and it, it sucks you know I'm sure it's like you know Rays fans wanted to see Willie Adamas you know in there but you know Obviously, you know they have Wander Franco, so maybe that might be a different story. You yeah, know, you know you have them in the system, but yeah, yeah, it's just like it, it's it's a shame. But you but know, th- those players like Joey Votto's, the players yeah, exactly. Like- those kind of guys are, are slowly but dis- slowly disappearing. 
Yeah, and it, it is a shame, but I mean, Yachty. yeah, exactly. You know, and but I mean, I guess we we could, now we can only wait and see like where it's gonna go from there. True, you know? good point. But yeah, this was fun. This, this was a lot fun. of fun. Before Thank we wrap things up, yeah. I did want to ask you as far as like. What what is it? What are some of like your ultimate like goals? Like, what do you want like Nico's legacy to be like when it's all said and done? Um, so for the most part, I definitely want to help as many people as I can in music. Uh, whether that be just supporting them, or uh, being around them, or like actually helping them develop. Um, you know, eventually I want to get into like producing, songwriting, stuff like that. You know, or I'm also working on music video directing. But I guess the end goal is like the legacy I want to leave behind is being like helping people in their careers and like just being there, making sure that they know that I'm there, you know, throughout their whole career, you know, and that's definitely something that I want to be, you know, helping out with. And then as far as like baseball, kind of the same thing, uh, helping people get to where they want to get, um, you know, teaching them, you know, what, what they could do to like, you know, I guess, you know, just helping like, uh, what would be the word? I guess just like helping them and their abilities and stuff. And it's like pushing them to be better in school. And then eventually, like, I want to start like a, uh, you know, a program where it's like you help, you know, almost like what RBI is, but not funded through MLB, you know, because it'd be a lot easier, I feel like. You know, so I want to start something like that where it's like, you know, you grow baseball in these cities or even like eventually different countries. Yeah. So that way, you know, you give other kids opportunities. You make baseball more affordable. You know, because mm-hmm. like I said, it's expensive, and it, you know a lot of people miss out on it because they they don't have the opportunities. So you know, I definitely want to start stuff like that up. Um, you know, and then just you know give people resources. The same thing with music. Like I'm opening up a, a, a I'm gonna open up a studio soon for right. for the artists I work with. You know, I want them to have a space where it's easier to work in. You know, it's like I know it's hard to find studio space a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to make sure people around me have that, and then you know. So I would do the same thing for baseball. So, yeah, I guess I, I really just want to like make sure that like, that it, it's there's resources available for people. You know, that they have the opportunities, the same opportunity that some people have. That people who want to get into music management have the same opportunities mm. I did. Because you yeah. know, I was very fortunate. I don't take it for granted where I'm at right now. Yeah. You know, being around the people that I'm around. Um, you know, people like Musa. You know, it's it's like. I, you know, and he would he would always tell me that too. You know, he, he I'd make sure that I knew that. You know, I, he'd let him know that I didn't take it for granted. You know, I really appreciate the things everybody does for me, everybody around me, and the label. Um, and yeah, like you know, I want people to experience that too, because there's a lot of people that you know that probably want it more than I do. You know, and it's like yeah, if, you know, I don't see it's not like there's a limit to how many people could work here. You know, if you mm-hmm. really want out, you know, I'll help you out with that. You know, I get people that kind of get competitive about it and say, like, yeah. oh, I don't want it. It's like, no, I mean, there's enough for I don't see an issue. Yeah, there's there's enough for everyone, you know, whether that's baseball and like, you know, you know, baseball might be tough because you're trying to make it to the major leagues. But, like, you know, <laughs> at least give people that opportunity. It's like, yeah. yeah, I definitely feel like it's, you know, because I was so fortunate to get the resources I had, whether it was in baseball or music, I want that to be just as easy for other people, you know, because yeah. like my life is probably different from other, you know, my life is definitely different, different from other people. So it's like, why do I have, like, you know, why can't they, you know, get the same stuff I do, for sure, you know? Right on. And, like, that's that's really what I want to do overall. Awesome. I like hearing that. Thank you. So, as we wrap things up, then, I have a few more fun, intro- introspective questions okay. for you. Cool, cool. If you could have any toppings on a pizza, what would they be? Mm, I mean, for me, I always just original, just a pepperoni, or even just, like, cheese. Okay. Uh, I'm just, like, a very, like, boring when it comes to the pizza. Hey, I know, mean, that's simple. That's, simple so, is better. Sometimes I'll go to, like, mod or, you know, or uh, biology, and I'll try, maybe I'll be able to, like, chicken in there, or, like, mushrooms. I mean, I do like mushrooms and stuff, but, like, 
I guess my go-to is always just like pepperoni for sure. Okay, mm-hmm. right on. If you could be reincarnated to any animal, what would it be? Ooh, that's tough. I mean, let me see. Oh man, it's tough because a lot of animals get pre- like you know obviously preyed on and they get eaten. Nah, really. <laughs> I guess like a bird because you could just it's like you know there's not a lot of other animals. I mean, I guess unless another bird's following yeah. you, you know. <laughs> you can be like the biggest bird. If, yeah, for me, like yeah, I guess bird just like I you know I could avoid that. <laughs> just like fly away, or just like get view, like just fly around, like you know seeing different views. So yeah, I guess a bird. I'd probably say like I don't I don't know what type of bird, but <laughs> okay. If you can meet any person or multiple people, dead or alive, and speak with them, who would you want to talk to the most? Ooh, so I guess I'd have, like, answers for, like, both uh, music and baseball. Yeah, So like, I guess the, my favorite player that, I mean, I guess it's, it's crazy because I guess these two could kind of connect. Uh, so my favorite player I never watched was Roberto Clemente. Oh, yeah, yeah. he has, actually has the same birthday as me. For me, it's just, nice. like... I guess watching it when I was younger, I would see how like I'd see footage of him playing, and he literally went out there and just like played like it was the last game he was ever gonna play. The way he threw, the way he hit, like the way he hustled, it was just so cool to watch. So for him, he was always like a big like you know I'd look up to him how he played like when I was playing and just like you know that like it it, it, was, it wasn't like a careless attitude, but like I guess to now today standards, a lot of these players like you know that you know you could see like you know he kind of paved the way for that too also you know it's like you know just play hard so i mean for me like he, i mean i think it'd be cool to like just you know it would be cool to just talk to him and stuff you know you know obviously someone like jackie robinson also you know there's a lot of trailblazers in baseball um and you know it, it is cool to like, I, I do think it'd be cool to you know just like meet people you know some of those people um i hope you know soon i'd be able to get a chance to meet rachel robinson mm. i think that'd be cool so and then um as far as music um uh, I mean, I, I think, uh, as you said, as you said, dead or alive, like, for me, like, I, when I first came into the label, one of the, the artists I was most excited about meeting that was outside of the label was Mac, mm. um, and, you know, it's, it's, it was such a shame, because, like, me and my brother were such huge fans, he was one of the first, like, rappers I got into from this era, from, like, mm. the TD, uh, Odd Future, ASAP Mob, like, you know, that kind of, like, psychedelic rap era, yeah, you know, I remember I started listening to him in 2010, um, so I just grew a love for him, you know. It's, you know, for me, it's like my favorite, one of my favorite albums ever is the Divine Feminine. Uh, it's such a good album. So yeah, it's actually that my screensaver. So nice. yeah, for me, it's like you know, I I do wish I I would have got a chance to meet him because I know like the way he was is just like you know, for me like one thing I struggled with going into the music industry is like I guess being myself because around yeah. my friends they were used to seeing me like that in school because like when I got to music I thought I had to be a certain way to like carry myself a certain way but it's like I'd see the way he would act in like videos of him and stuff and he would literally just go out there and just like you know just yeah. be himself so like it was just like so cool to watch like he, he definitely kind of helped me with that like you know walk me through like and now there's a lot of people I'm like I could be around like someone like Alameda I could literally just be myself around her like Kembe or now like yesterday we went to the Zay shoot and it was like that was the most fun I had ever had and just like I didn't just feel like somebody who was a burden to everybody around them like people were actually like standing like talking to me so like it just like it felt fun you know and I was just like yeah I could actually just like be myself like I could say the stupid jokes I always say and people would like laugh about it or I could like talk to people about serious things and like you know they'll just take me serious about it and it's like yeah I mean like you know, watching, you know, how Matt got so much respect from other people, especially from people in the label. And, yeah. you know, he wasn't like everybody in the label, but he was just, like, cool to, you he know. I mean, him, I, you know? I don't know. Maybe he was. I just think, obviously, I didn't know him. But, like, yeah. yeah, so I think that's one. And then, you know, 
Yeah, I, I think that for music, he'd probably be the one because, you know, and they're both from Pittsburgh, which is crazy. Yeah, right? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, because uh, he has that song. Uh, he says, the best thing out of Pittsburgh since Clemente with the Pirates. Yeah. And that's always been one of my favorite, like, Mac bars because, obviously, my favorite player, I you know, I never watched. when I, I remember being, like, seven, eight, nine years old and just going on just trying to, like, throw like him or just, like, hit, you know, swing the bat like him. So That's tight. Yeah. And okay. Then, yeah. Two more questions. Cool, cool, cool. If you were stranded on an island but food and water provided... What are three things you'd like to bring to pass the time? Ooh. Okay, so if I bring like a, a tea with the back be involved, would that be a separate item? No, you can you can package stuff. So okay, like, yes, yeah, so yeah, I guess like pack. my baseball stuff for sure. Um, I guess something I could listen to music with, whether that be like a phone or a laptop, obviously. Like I could, you know, I guess with the computer, I could get like books and everything in there. Ooh, man, this is kind of tough. The third one. Um, I mean, I'd say something has to do with cooking because like I, Ooh. like, you know, but like Shut I'd have up. food there because yeah I'd love cooking but um man what is something I would use I feel like this is such like easy answer but I just don't I can't think of it <laughs> um let me see I guess like an instrument so I could just like perfect it by the end of it. hopefully by the time I get saved and just like, <laughs> yeah, come back yeah. to a different person okay but, yeah all right sounds good and last question if you could give any advice to your younger self what would it be um keep being a good person but you know be better you know because i know there's a lot of times where i could have been a better person and obviously like i i was on a good route to where i get to the point where i'm at today but i guess just be a better person you know i'll be honest like from where i was like a few years ago i was a completely different person you know maybe i just didn't have the same values i had you know i didn't i wasn't as aware as stuff that was going on you know it was almost like an ignorance to it but like you know just be a better person you know respect other people more you know and it's like you know just keep doing what you're doing you know and like just understand that god has a plan for you okay and just make sure that you know whatever you love doing make sure you you know you have a passion for it you know make sure that you know it doesn't die down you know make sure you you know you make your family proud make sure you're you know you you just show love to everybody around you, you know? I yeah. Like, everybody around me knows, like, they, I'll, I'll try to show as much love as I can to everybody because, like, I really appreciate people, you know, and I feel like even then, like, if I tell people a lot, I feel like it's not enough to tell them how much I appreciate them. That's you know, good. Because you, you never, it's, it can never be too much. Right. You know, and it's like, I want people to, like, you know, it's like, I, I love when people show that love to me, so it's like, I want to show more to them, you know, and it's like, just keep loving people yeah. harder, I guess. There you yeah, go. Yeah, I mean, just be a good person and show more love okay cool well thank you again for being on the show do you have anything you'd like to plug before you go (sighs) okay let me see i have a few things so uh ammo will be releasing more music soon uh stream wish you the worst by alameda the house is burning coming out and on july 30th 30th. yeah Uh, man what else do i have hi mom (laughs) hi dad (laughs) um Yes, my dad's company, Alta California, uh, Terrazzo Flooring. Um, and yeah, uh, thank you so much. Uh, and yeah, much love for everybody. Yeah. Um, so I've been really bad about this. Mm-hmm. I have a bunch of stickers that I got made, oh, cool. and I just thank like you. been super bad about like cool, putting cool. them out there, promoting them. So I'm going to start doing this where I just give the guests, mm-hmm. when they're in person, obviously, some stickers. If you want some more. Cool. Thank you. you know, I appreciate it. But we got some stickers, guys. Cool, thank you. I'll post Please. it for those who are listening, audio only. It's on the Mike and I Instagram oh, yeah. page. Go check it out. Cool, I have cool. different I stickers. These. But yeah, anyways, thank you cool. again. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. Boom, that will do it for another episode. 
of the Mike and I podcast. I am Noah Alvarez. Thank you guys again for tuning in. If you really liked our conversation with Nico or any of the other podcast episodes in the library, be sure to like, be sure to subscribe, be sure to follow the podcast's homepage. We're on SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, Apple Music, or Apple Podcasts, excuse me, and many more platforms, all the audio podcast platforms, and we're on YouTube. Search up Noah Alvarez, search up the My Mike and I playlist, and you can see all the episodes with visuals on that platform as well. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, may I remind you, you can leave a rating and review, and it would greatly help all the new listeners get engaged in what the show is all about. Greatly appreciate it, guys. And if you don't mind, sharing it word of mouth is always cool, too. Share it to a homie, share it to a classmate, share it to a colleague, share it to a parent, whoever you think may enjoy the podcast. Be sure to send it over to them. Word of mouth is always a cool way to spread the podcast. Now, don't forget to follow the Mike and I Instagram page. If you're on Instagram, at my period Mike and period I. One more time, that's at my period Mike and period I. And follow me on Twitter, at underscore Noah Alvarez. I like to promote the show on those platforms. I like to promote audio and visual snippets on those platforms. If I have pictures with a guest, I will post pictures up on those platforms as well. So keep up with all the latest on those two platforms with the podcast and myself, personal news as well. And can't go without saying, don't forget to check out True 100 Radio, spelled T-R-U. The number 100radio.com. You can check out their website for blogs, different podcasts, like that you're doing Find Me Ha podcast, the Stupid Geniuses podcast, Morning Routine podcast, and much, much more. True 100 Radio on Instagram, on Twitter, and there's a big announcement coming later this month. So stay tuned. We got some exciting news for y'all. And yeah. As I always say at the end of every episode, hope you continue to battle whatever obstacle you may be facing with at this current moment. Hope you are continuing continuing to chase dreams, not checks. Never stop seeking knowledge. Knowledge is the real power here. And yeah, I hope you guys continue to spread love and kindness to wherever you go and whatever obstacles, whatever battles you may face. And I hope you guys have a wonderful, 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 wonderful week, month, rest of the year. Continue to smash your goals and really appreciate you guys for tuning in thus far. All right. I'm Noah Alvarez, the host of the My Mike and I podcast, signing off. Till next time.